Welcome to Daily Grace. We believe that the Bible is true, trustworthy, and timeless. And we want to help women like you know and love God's Word. The Bible shows us who God is, and who He is changes everything. My name is Joanna. And I'm Stephanie. Come join us as we chat about the truth of God's Word in our everyday lives. Christmas is a month away, so why are we talking about Christmas now? There is a beautiful tradition on the church calendar called Advent, and it begins on the fourth Sunday before Christmas. Observing Advent is simply a way to intentionally turn our gazes toward Christ this holiday season. It's a way to look back to see how there were so many promises and prophecies pointing to Christ and to feel the tension in the season of waiting that God's people were in. And it's acknowledging the season of waiting we are in now as we look forward to Christ's return. We hope this conversation stirs your affections for God, the giver of the ultimate gift, himself. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Daily Grace. This is Joanna, and I am here with Stephanie, my lovely co-host. Hey, hey. So we are excited to be talking about something that just gets me all happy inside. (laughs) (laughs) Because we are approaching the Advent season, which is the season leading up to Christmas. And I don't know, I just think about it, and I just get all like the warm fuzzies. (laughs) right off the bat. (laughs) So I love this season. It's one of my favorite times of the year. So we're going to be talking about what Advent is and some different ways that we can intentionally celebrate it um, this this year. So before we do that, Stephanie, what's a favorite thing from this week? So a favorite thing from this week is just seeing my son get really into drawing. And I wanted Mm. to share a resource with everyone. It's called art for kids hub and it's the only thing i let my kids do on like youtube kids but it's just this dad who um draws with his kids and so he is able to we like slow it down because you can slow down youtube videos i had Mm -hmm. no idea you can (laughs) yeah and so he's able to draw like army tanks and helicopters and pies and all the Eiffel Tower he drew today. (laughs) So it's just been a really fun thing to see this like new interest pop up in him. So yeah, that's super fun. (laughs) Also, I feel like the world needs to know that you can change the speed of YouTube videos. I didn't know until this week. (laughs) You know what? That's so funny that you mentioned that because my sister-in-law just this week was watching a video on YouTube and it was like super long. And she said, oh, I just wish that you could speed up YouTube videos like you can podcasts. And I said, you can. I had <laughs> no idea. It's in the settings. Yeah. Also, you can speed up our podcast if we talk too slow. Yes. So if you that need a I tutorial <laughs> on that, <laughs> just let us know. Right. All right. What about you? Okay. So I was tempted to do a repeat with my red rooibos tea because it's become a bit of an obsession recently. And partially because I was like sick last week, just like one of those colds where your throat is just scratchy. Yeah. And I've been on like a three cup a day kind of routine, like Uh morning, midday, and then before bed. But 
I won't do that as a repeat. <laughs> I will say my favorite thing from this week is um, that we just announced a brand new Bible study oh, that's, that's coming right. out. It's releasing in November and it's called Preaching the Gospel to Yourself. And I'm super excited about it because Stephanie and I got to write it together. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of like born out of what we talk about here in the podcast, that's like right. applying the gospel to all different areas of our lives. And it talks about things like how the gospel speaks to our finances mm -hmm. or our like physical fitness yep. or seasons of waiting or singleness and marriage and all these different things. And so it's just really looking at how to preach the gospel to ourselves. And it is just really exciting because I have like the printed copy. Yeah. And it's so beautiful because Katie, our designer, is crazy talented. And so just super excited to have that in print. And our first like major collaboration project that's not a podcast, Stephanie. That's right. Yeah, I totally forgot that. But you know what? By the time this episode comes out, it'll be available to everyone. So oh, yes. So go to thedailygraceco.com and check it out. It's called Preaching the Gospel to Yourself. Mm -hmm. Really excited about that. And it was truly an honor to collaborate on that with you. And um, yeah. just really dig in and apply the gospel to these very real aspects of our lives. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm also excited about today's conversation because we are talking about Advent and mm. I love this season as well, but I know that not everyone is familiar with Advent and that's yeah. totally fine. I didn't grow up with Advent, did you? Uh, not really. I mean, we did certain elements of Advent, uh -huh. but I don't know that I would have called it that or right. known to call it that. <laughs> exactly. So that's totally fine if this is new to you. Um, there are many churches that don't collectively observe Advent, I guess, officially. And, mm -hmm. and that's because it's not a tradition that we're commanded to observe in Scripture. So yeah. it's not a requirement. So don't feel like you're in any way sinning for not knowing what it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But it is on the church calendar, and we at the Daily Grace Co. have found it to be such a sweet tradition to mm -hmm. prepare our hearts for Christmas. Yeah. And, you know, maybe after listening to this conversation, you and your family will join in this Advent season. So this year, Advent begins on December 1st, which is the fourth Sunday before Christmas. And that is why we're releasing this episode today. We are giving you a <laughs> few extra days to grab a study or a family devotional to kind of guide your time if you do decide to observe Advent this season. <laughs> but basically, Advent is a season of waiting that is meant for believers to look back to the days prior to the first coming of Jesus, the promised <laughs> Messiah. And the word Advent actually comes from the Latin word meaning coming or arrival. Yeah. So that is why we observe it for a few weeks, right? A few weeks before Christmas, we are intentionally directing our hearts toward Christ. So we look back to the Old Testament and see how there were so many promises and prophecies in scripture pointing to the coming Messiah. But it would be thousands of years before Jesus came and fulfilled those very promises and prophecies. Yeah. So God's people were in a season of waiting and anticipating. And we take time to look back and do that with them, right? And, mm -hmm. you know, we're on the other side of that, right? He came just as he said he would, just as scripture said. Um, but now God's people are in a different season of waiting and anticipating because we're in a season of waiting for Jesus to come back and consummate the story of redemption. 
Um, And I just love that, you know, that we are in a season of waiting by looking back and looking forward. And so Mm -hmm. that is why I love Advent, because it really represents in a way the Christian life being a life of waiting with confidence, you know, with hopeful Mm -hmm. expectation that God will see his story of redemption through to the end. And it's just so beautiful. Yeah, I love celebrating the Advent season too. And I mean, how convenient that it actually starts on December 1st this year. Yeah. It's so easy to remember. It's It's such a good start day of, okay, we're going to start celebrating this season now. That's so true. Yeah, I just love (laughs) the opportunity to look back on God's past faithfulness Mm -hmm. and also use that as an opportunity to hope in his future faithfulness, like you were Mm -hmm. saying, Stephanie. It's just, it really is this beautiful season where we can feel what those people who were waiting for Jesus to come felt, Mm -hmm. but it also stirs in us these good types of longings that we should be having as we do wait for him to come again and all that that's going to bring. And so what we want to do is just talk about real quick before we get into some ways to actually celebrate Advent, we want to talk about some benefits of observing this season. Mm -hmm. And so like Stephanie said, scripture does not require that we do this. But, you know, I do think that this can be so helpful. And what scripture does do is it calls us to remember, Yeah, right? It calls us to think on the things that are lovely and good and true. And it calls us to meditate on his word. And so, you know, I think that Advent is one way that we can intentionally do this. So it's not a requirement, but I think that it's a beautiful intentional way of honoring the commands that God does give us to remember his faithfulness and to hope in his promises. And so um, benefit number one that we'll share of observing Advent is that Advent really invites us to slow down in the midst of a otherwise very busy holiday season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, around the holiday when we are celebrating the coming of the Messiah, a turning point mm-hmm. in all of history, it's really easy for us to get distracted and be thinking about all of the other things, Yeah, right? Our minds can be on basically everything else because we're thinking about the busy schedules with Christmas parties and school Christmas parties <laughs> and gift buying that we need to do and mm-hmm. all, the, all the money that we need to budget to make sure it all works out right and making sure our houses are decorated well enough that we can post about them on Instagram, you know, all of these <laughs> kinds of things. And it can just be so easy for it to just be gone before we even know it, yeah. and before we even had the chance to really stop and meditate on what is going on mm-hmm. in this season. And so as we like intentionally celebrate Advent and observe this season, it gives us a opportunity to intentionally slow down yeah. and to think on the things that God has called us to think on. Yeah. Um, and of course, it's going to change the way that we live and that we navigate through this season as well. Yeah, absolutely. Benefit number two that I thought of was Advent teaches us to be patient. It teaches us mm-hmm. patience. And hear me out because I'm going to tell you a story. Um, mm. So last year, my husband read a book called Advent by Fleming Rutledge. Have you heard of it? I have not. No. It's a pretty heavy book. 
but he highly recommends it. But afterwards, he asked me what I thought about waiting to decorate for Christmas. So he read the book Mm. and then he asked me, hey, instead of decorating December 1st, what do you think about waiting until the 15th? And I have to Mm. tell you, my knee jerk reaction was like, no. (laughs) You are not going to kill the Christmas spirit. (laughs) But in that moment, right, I realized something really profound. Um, One, I am pretty invested in Christmas and (laughs) the decorations and Mm. all the magical memories you want to create, like almost distractingly so. Number two, though, I realized like how impatient I am because Mm. the purpose of this proposition of his was to really feel the tension of waiting, right? Mm. To really marinate in the anticipation of the fulfillment of these promises in scripture that a Messiah is coming. So, you know what? The purpose may have been even deeper than that, but that's what I got out of it. Um, (laughs) And it's just true that many of us don't really do that. We're not willing to wait. We're kind of impatient. As soon as Thanksgiving's over, we're ready to jump into all things Christmas. And so for me, I see Advent as a season of really learning patience and just reflecting on God's patience toward his people. Um, Because think about it, from Eden to the incarnation, there were thousands of years, right? And Mm -hmm. all of those years were just filled with corruption, disobedience, war, depravity, and all sorts of sin. Yet God was patient. Um, His love was and continues to be steadfast and enduring. And by his grace, you know, he allowed those cycles of disobedience to be really interwoven with repentance and mercy. And that's true today, too. So for me, Advent is a time to acknowledge that, you know what, we are indeed in a season of waiting. And, you know, maybe it's a time to confront our resistance to the tension of waiting and our tendency to be impatient and wanting to just celebrate all of the things. But it's just a time to remember to also heed Romans twelve twelve that says rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation and be constant in prayer. And so, you know, we can jump to all of the celebration of Christmas, but just really just thinking about the reason for Christmas, the reason why Christ had to come because of all of the sin and just, you know, really being grateful for God's patience toward us and wanting to just reflect him in our patience and in our anticipation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's so important that we learn to wait well. And I think that Part of the reason for that isn't just so that we can develop the skill of waiting, right? Mm-hmm. But that as we wait, we're learning to trust in God yeah, and, yeah. and to trust in what he's doing. And, you know, I think about all these Bible verses that talk about waiting. You know, Psalm 27, 14 says, wait for the Lord, yeah. be strong and let your heart take courage, wait for the mm-hmm. Lord. And the reason that we can be strong and courageous in the midst of that is because we trust the God who is working, right. even in the waiting, even when we can't see it. You know, I think about, for example, Psalm 62, 5 says, for God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. Mm. And so as we are practicing waiting, right, we, we are cultivating patience, but not just for the sake of patience. We're cultivating patience because as we do that, 
our hope is anchored not in immediate gratification, not in what we can see and not in what Mm -hmm. we can plan out or anticipate, but our hope is anchored in the steadfast love and faithfulness of God who is faithful even when we can't see it, Mm -hmm. even when that means years of waiting, Mm -hmm. that he will be faithful. And as we enter into the Advent season, I think that we get a chance to practice that. Mm -hmm. And we practice that by seeing these people who waited and waited and waited, and we see the faithfulness of God. Mm -hmm. And so we know that he's going to be faithful again. Yeah. And you know, I think another great reason to celebrate Advent is that it really teaches us contentment and gratitude. Mm -hmm. And you know, I think especially during the holiday season, maybe it's not really stronger this this time of year. Maybe it's just like highlighted (laughs) that it's on display, but we really can be rooted in discontentment. And, you know, when we go to Christmas and we see like all the advertisements, but all the things that you need to buy, like the gifts that you deserve and Mm-hmm. All of these things that you should just be spending money on and these ideas of the perfect Christmas with like the best presents, man, it can just brew this discontentment in us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we center ourselves around Christ in the Advent season, our hearts are called to focus on the greatest gift that we could ever receive. And that's the gift of God himself yeah. and the gift of his grace Um, And so there's no room for that kind of discontentment with these earthly things when we are directing our hearts to be so satisfied in the only thing that really can satisfy. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's God and his presence and his grace. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, along with that idea of that discontentment and really what I was just saying a minute ago, too, about the idea of patience is that, you know, This season reminds us that we can trust in God's sovereignty, right? As we look back and see his faithfulness. And that means that we can be content in our current situations, even if our current situations seem really not fun. Mm -hmm. Um, And we can endure through those because we can trust that God has a good plan. And we rehearse that truth back to ourselves as we see how his plan has unfolded throughout scripture, throughout history. And we really see the evidence of that during the Advent season, right? How God was working to fulfill every promise, even though at times those promises seemed impossible. Mm -hmm. And he was working to fulfill every single one in Jesus Christ. And so we can have confidence that he is working in our situations as well. Yeah, that's one of the biggest benefits to me when I think about Advent, that it's just so healthy to look back to God's faithfulness to his people and how he Mm. has made a way, right? He has fulfilled all that he said he would. Knowing that we can confidently look forward with this hopeful expectation because we are placing our hope and a God who is faithful. He has shown himself to be faithful throughout scripture, and we can confidently look forward that he will bring to fruition the story of redemption. And so Mm -hmm. this is why this practice of looking back and looking forward during Advent is actually helpful for all of life, right? Because we said Mm -hmm. Christian life is a season of waiting, waiting for him to come back because he said he would, and we know he does what he says. And as we reflect on and celebrate the fulfillment of God's promise 
of a savior, you know, thinking about Christmas, this reflection in turn can strengthen us to persevere in whatever season we find ourselves in. Mm, Yeah. And, you know, in the seasons that we currently are in, I think that there is there's this tension that we experience, you know, where we do see that things aren't quite right. Yeah. Um, but we can still hope in the God who who makes all things right. But, you know, I think that a lot of that discontentment that I was talking about before can stem from us longing for the wrong things. I think that that's another really helpful reason to celebrate Advent is that Advent redirects our longings, mm. right? So we are longing for a lot of these things that aren't going to satisfy, that they're not going to last. But what we should be longing for is for Christ's kingdom to be made known, yeah, right? And what we can experience is this holy discontent for the way that the world is not the way it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And that stirs in us this longing for Christ to return and to make all things right. And, you know, during Advent, we feel that longing that the people of God before Christ's coming felt mm-hmm. for the promised Messiah, for the one who would rule in righteousness over God's people in a land of peace, the one who would bring forgiveness of sins for God's people, the one who would bring about God's dwelling place with man. Mm-hmm. And that's what they longed for. And that is what we experience in part now, but long to experience in full. Yeah. And so during Advent, we rejoice in the work of Christ, but it stirs up in us a longing for the future and for the Mm -hmm. work that he is going to do when he returns. And it stirs in us a longing for God. And you know, when that's the case, when we are longing for who God is, when we're longing for his presence, for his kingdom, then that draws our hearts closer to him. And it stirs in us a desire to seek him mm-hmm. and it stirs worship in us, mm-hmm. right? As as we direct our gaze back on him and away from all the stuff of the Christmas season. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those are just a few reasons. I'm sure there are countless others that we could come up with and that many people I'm sure have talked about of why we should do this, why we should Mm -hmm. celebrate Advent. But, you know, like we said, this isn't commanded by scripture. You don't need to feel guilty for not doing it. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes on the flip side of that, we can kind of push back against it being like, oh, it's this like church tradition, this (laughs) thing on the church calendar. So like, it's just like this legalistic thing. Oh, but it's really not. You know, it could be, you could make it that, but I just think it is such a beautiful opportunity to be intentional and to stop kind of like going through the motions of our days and actually take a whole season where thousands of people, believers are doing this Mm -hmm. at the same time to join together and to do that together. Um, It's just an incredible opportunity. And the church calendar has been celebrated for hundreds of years and it includes things like you may have heard of like lent the season leading up to easter Mm -hmm. things like pentecost and advent and it's just these seasons that are meant to reorient our hearts around what god is doing around his story of redemption um and you know it reminds me of things like in the old testament where god calls his people to celebrate things like passover to remember how god called his people 
out of Egypt and saved them from death. Or he calls them to celebrate things like the Feast of Booths to remind them how he was with them in the wilderness Mm -hmm. and provided food for them. And so it just, it reminds me of that. These are not things that we have to celebrate. These are not things that we are commanded to do, but they are things that really reorient our hearts around the truth of God's word. So what a cool opportunity to join with believers throughout history and around the world in intentionally remembering what God has done. Yeah. I mean, that's my thought on this too, that, you know, if it's a tradition that aims to point our gazes toward Christ, then it's great. It's welcomed, right? And I love the mm-hmm. the visual of like linking with um, believers across the world and intentionally mm-hmm. turning our hearts towards Christ in this yeah. season. Because yeah, during this holiday season, I feel like especially in um, first world countries, our gazes can be turned elsewhere, right? Yeah. Um, so I definitely appreciate incorporating a rhythm in our days where our family um, to Mm. intentionally pause and remember the reason for the season and the reason for our very lives. And, you know, I love the holidays and I don't know if you've ever felt this, Joanna, but I feel like once I had kids, the love and the excitement for the holidays has multiplied because (laughs) you see it through brand new sets of eyes, right? And you Mm -hmm. want it to be magical to them. And so- You know, as a mom, I confess that it's easy to get caught up in the twinkle lights and the gifts and the hot cocoa and the s'mores and all of the fun traditions. And we're not saying that there is anything inherently wrong or evil with those things. But just at least for me, I have to be honest with myself and say that I do have a tendency to get distracted and swept up in the details and miss the bigger picture. And so I appreciate Mm. just this invitation this opportunity to be proactive and kind of have safeguards to direct my heart and my kids' hearts um, to Christ during the season. So mm-hmm. with that said, there are so many ways um, to observe Advent, and we thought it would be helpful to walk through a few of them. And, you know, maybe you hear one of these and one seems to work better for you, and that's great. So there's freedom to choose. Um, there's just not one way to observe Advent. So the first one I thought of was I feel like the most popular is Advent candles and the wreath. And I think it's mm-hmm. the most traditional way to observe Advent. Yeah. Um, you'll see Advent candles and, you know, in church services, there may be a wreath with like four or five candles placed around it. And so each Sunday you would light one candle And so the first Sunday, you would light one candle, and then the next Sunday, you would light two candles, and it continues in successive order um, for the four Sundays before Christmas. And then these weekly candles actually are traditionally represented by certain words like hope, peace, joy, and love. And, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes there's a fifth candle, and it's commonly known as the Christ candle. And this candle is lit on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. So Mm. I personally love the use of candles. I know that there's a lot of different symbols attached to them. But, you know, I love the most obvious that the flame is a symbol for Christ. Jesus said in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. And I just love the simplicity of the wreath and how the circle reminds us of eternity and how you know, the ultimate gift of Christmas is Christ himself and eternity with him. So mm-hmm. that's, I think, the most traditional 
way that you will see Advent being observed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, now that I think about it, we definitely did the Advent wreath and candles when I was growing up at least one year. I have mm-hmm. to tell a small little funny story <laughs> okay. is I the reason that this <laughs> is stuck in my head, I think, is because um, I was homeschooled when I was in elementary and middle school and we had like a morning Bible study for a while there mm-hmm. and we had lit one of the Advent candles and my little sister was like kind of bored listening to the devotion or the reading from that day. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden we look over and her hair was on fire. (gasps) It had caught fire from one of the advent candles. Wow. Oh man, I'll never forget that smell. Thankfully (laughs) it wasn't too much hair. But in all seriousness, this seriously is a beautiful tradition. And definitely I think the most common way to celebrate Advent And it's not the only reason I remember it. It is incredibly meaningful Mm -hmm. and beautiful to see that physical representation of the hope and joy and peace and love that Christ brings. You know, I think about that verse in Isaiah 9 that says, those who lived in darkness have seen a great light. Yeah. Um, And it's just such a beautiful representation of that to see that visibly. Yeah. Isaiah 9 is definitely a must read during this season. And you know, I don't mean to interrupt the reverent tone here, but I have to go back to your story about your sister's hair catching on fire. Uh Because let's be real, that's a very real fear for all the mamas out there, right? (laughs) (laughs) So I have to mention the Advent candle cards from the Daily Grace Co. So this is a set of cards where your kids can color in the flames each week. That's right. And on the back of each card, it goes over what that week's candles stand for. So if you are afraid of your child's hair catching on fire, (laughs) pick up one of these cards. That way you can also observe and use the candles. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I love it. Great point there, Stephanie. (laughs) Oh, man. So another thing that we did um, growing up that I think is a really beautiful tradition um, is we did a Jesse tree Mm -hmm. growing up. And I don't know if you've heard of this. I was actually surprised. I asked on the Daily Grace Co. Instagram what people do to celebrate Advent. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people actually mentioned the Jesse tree. I think the candles was number one and Jesse tree was kind of a second place. Yeah, And the Jesse tree is really cool because... The way that we did it as kids, I'm not sure if this is like the normal traditional way to do it, but we looked at the genealogy of Christ and we designed ornaments for the Jesse tree that represents the major players in Jesus's genealogy. Mm -hmm. And I know that that's um, normally what the tree is, is it's these representations of these people in the line of Christ. Um, I don't know if people usually design them themselves like we did. We kind of would like read the stories each day and then design an ornament and make it to go on the tree. That's what we did too. Okay. So like, for example, we looked at Jacob and we made a ladder to represent yep. him because yep. of Jacob's ladder. Um, or we looked at Jesse and we made his like a stump with roots coming out of it. And so it was this really cool way of, like we said, looking at God's faithfulness to bring about his Messiah. Because what you see is that Jesus isn't just this guy who appeared on the scene out of nowhere, Mm -hmm. but Jesus was the plan from before the foundations of the world to bring redemption for God's people. Mm -hmm. And God brought that Messiah 
through his physical people, right? Through the line of Abraham and David Mm -hmm. so that the son of God would become man, would become flesh. And it's amazing to have this tradition where you can actually trace that story because the Old Testament, it's not just a series of different stories. It's one large story mm-hmm. that all goes together. And so it calls us back to God's story of redemption in scripture and reminds us that all of scripture points to Christ, mm-hmm. right? Everything we read in the Old Testament, it's all pointing to him. And it's a really cool way to make that happen. I know that there are all kinds of like kits you can buy or download to make different ornaments out Mm -hmm. of paper or however you want to do it. So lots of really cool resources I'm sure you could find online for that. Yeah. And you know, I will say genealogies really stir my affections for the Lord Mm. because it shows that big story, right? And how God Mm -hmm. was just so involved in orchestrating everything but about like in terms of what you can do for jesse tree what i did with our church one year was everyone would make one day's worth of ornaments so say that you gather with a group of like 25 ladies we would make one Uh day the same ornament 25 of them Mm -hmm. and then we would all like switch and everyone would get a set in the end So there are all sorts of things that you can do. But I think it was really popular the last few years because Ann Voskamp's book, Unwrapping the Greatest Gift, came out and that kind of correlated with the Jesse Tree. So I'll link her book if anyone is interested in looking at doing the Jesse Tree. But there are so many resources out there to guide you. And, you know, let me just pause and tell you what the Daily Grace Co. has, because we also have an Advent study out this year that's Mm -hmm. entitled Emmanuel. And it looks at how God is with his people from Eden to eternity. And it's Mm -hmm. just so, so beautiful. And I'm not sure if it's going to be sold out by the time this episode releases, but we'll link it in our show notes for you. And honestly, if it is sold out, you can still use it because on the Daily Grace Co. app, You can buy the digital version of the study. So even if you don't have the physical book, it might be sold out by then. I'm not sure. It's going pretty quick. But even if you just um, download the app, you can purchase the digital version right there and get all the same materials. Yeah. And there's a men's version and a women's version. And so that's great to do on your own if you want. But we also have a family Advent devotional. And that can be used with like these corresponding Christmas ornaments. They're so beautiful and your kids can put them up and keep you on track throughout the Advent season. And then there are coloring Mm -hmm. books that also correlate with the devotional. And it just keeps the little hands busy while they listen. So all of this is available, again, on thedailygracecode.com. And really about the family devotional, it goes through popular Bible stories that kids are familiar with, but rather mm-hmm. than pulling out moral lessons um, for your kids, they actually point to Jesus. And so mm-hmm. there are discussion questions and written out prayers for parents to kind of use and guide their kids. And so I like that. I'm a little biased because I wrote it. So (laughs) you did a beautiful Um, job, Stephanie. (laughs) Thank you. So another great thing that you can do during the Advent season is attend church Advent services. And, you know, many local churches follow the Advent season. Not all, like you said, Stephanie, but a lot of them do and have a sermon series based on Advent. And Mm -hmm. a lot of them do candle lightings and sing Christmas hymns, you know, and Mm -hmm. 
do things like have the hymns correspond with the Advent season and then culminate with singing like joy to the world yeah. um, for the final, whether it's the Christmas Eve service or the Christmas service. And, you know, this is going to vary from church to church, um, but this is just another call to get involved in a good local church mm-hmm. and just the beauty of celebrating this together with other believers. It is so meaningful mm-hmm. and talk about a chance to slow down and intentionally think on these things. What better way than with the body of Christ for an hour or two when you're in a room dedicated to doing just that? Yeah. Um, You know, we're not supposed to do the Christian life alone and we should join together in the groaning of Advent, right? As we Mm -hmm. long for what the world will be, what it should be. And also the celebration that comes with Advent, that Christ has already won the victory. Um, It's a beautiful thing to join together in that. For sure. Um, I love the way that my church does Advent. We do the weekly candle lightings in service, and we have a someone comes up and reads a reading that includes scripture Mm -hmm. and some other stuff about the candle as you know, maybe a couple who are members of the church mm-hmm. light the candle that week. And um, we just have lots of beautiful music and liturgical movements around this Advent season. And it's just such an intentional way to really stop and slow down and pay attention. Yeah. You know, some churches even offer like their own Advent devotional type things, like a booklet of what they're going to be preaching on and what you can read each week and everything. So, yeah. Your local church is just such a good resource for this. So if you're not involved in one, I know we say this all the time, but please get involved in one. (laughs) For sure. And you know, another thing that we push for a lot, (laughs) not only getting involved in a local church, but getting into the word of God. Um, And it just reminds me, one thing that I grew up doing was memorizing Luke chapter two, um, up to the point where the angels come and say glory to God in the highest Mm Um, and then we would always recite it and or read it as a family on Christmas Eve mm-hmm. before we went to sleep. And so to be honest, we read the night before Christmas and then we read Luke too. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I think it's important to know, like, we're not saying get rid of all of your other Christmas traditions, right? right? We're not yeah. saying those are bad. I have them. I go look at Christmas lights with my family. Uh, you know, yeah. I do all that stuff. But we are saying this is just a great opportunity to be intentional about that. But there are so many other scripture passages that are traditionally Advent passages. You know, I mentioned already earlier, Isaiah chapter 9 is just, I read it and I instantly just feel that longing of Christmas and Mm -hmm. that excitement. Um, And, you know, the Advent study that you're talking about, Stephanie, from the Daily Grace Co. Mm -hmm. walks through scripture every single day. And so get a plan that helps you walk through this Advent season rooted in God's word, because that's the best thing that you can be doing. Absolutely. One last little option here. We saved it to the end because it's a cool one, is to incorporate music into Advent. And, you know, there are (laughs) so many helpful Advent Spotify playlists out there. I think Joanne is going to share one here soon. But another way that you can do it is using Handel's Messiah as kind of like the spine and This would be a pretty effective Advent devotional. And, you know, if you don't know this piece of music, it's like over two hours long. Um, And it's so beautiful. And I'm sure if you play it, you will recognize it. 
But mm-hmm. basically, you can split this whole piece into like 39 different sections, and there are actually corresponding scripture passages that you can read along with each section. So for example, mm-hmm. um, the first symphony has like a tenor portion with the chorus, and all of that corresponds to Isaiah 41 through 5. And so you can read the passage with your family, and then you can listen to that portion of music. And there mm-hmm. are guides out there now that you can purchase that provide like all of these corresponding scripture readings. And mm. I think there's even a CD that splits it up for you this way. So I'll try to oh, find those nice. and link those on our show notes. But this is just a really creative way to observe Advent. Mm-hmm. You know, I also grew up listening to this. Um, it was on like repeat at my house during Christmas, Christmas season. <laughs> I guess, awesome. you know, the more I said at the beginning, we did some Advent things. I guess we were pretty intentional about Advent. Yeah, I just you think were. as a kid, I didn't know what it was called or just maybe didn't right. pay that much attention. But yeah, we we played that every single year. And I'm pretty sure I can sing every single movement of that piece of That's music. That's amazing. And the cool thing about it is that most of it is just straight scripture. Yeah. And so I didn't realize until I started reading these passages at, you know, as a young adult that I had actually memorized large portions of scripture mm-hmm. by listening to this. Yeah. Yeah. You've definitely heard parts of it. The Hallelujah Chorus is part of it. Yes. Hallelujah. Ha- that one, you know, so you know. That I one. was wondering if you were um, going to give us a clip. <laughs> I was like, do people know the Hallelujah Chorus? I feel like I just sing it in like a soprano. Hallelujah. There you go. That was real loud. <laughs> no. But yeah, it's a really cool way and maybe a different way than you might be used to, to hear the word of God. Um, mm-hmm. And even like the way that the music is written corresponds with what's happening in the text. Yeah. Like there's even like a part that talks about like the crooked straight and the word crooked, it like the notes like change as mm-hmm. they're saying crooked. And then it's like a single note when they say straight. So anyway, really cool way to kind of hear the Advent story. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I love music. I believe that there is something that music can communicate that words can't. Yeah. You know, like there's just something about music. And some of my favorite Christmas hymns um, are O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. You know, talking about these promises of God Mm -hmm. fulfilled. Man, that song will walk you through it. We're actually (laughs) going to walk you through it in a few weeks here. We're going to have Caroline Cobb come on and sing it for us and walk us through what it means. Yeah, you're going to be excited for that one. It's going to be awesome. Um, I've always loved O Holy Night. Me too. Um, uh, it's just there are some lines in there that just get me every every time. Yep. Ooh, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. And a newer favorite of mine that I didn't really know growing up is Come Now Long Expected Jesus. Do you know this one? I don't think so. Oh, man. It is so good. It's just talking about the long-awaited Messiah Ooh. and how we're calling on him to come. Like we wait for him to come and wait for him to come again. So anyway, music's awesome. Take advantage of it during the Advent (laughs) season. And Caroline Cobb, who I just mentioned, she actually put together a really great Advent playlist and she emailed it to me last week. And so we're going to link that in our show notes and just so many beautiful songs from some really incredible musicians. So maybe some songs that you know well, but that you will hear just sung in these different styles by these different voices. So really, really helpful there. Yeah, so music is definitely going to be a big part of how I celebrate Advent this year. And 
um, as also, you know, just my weekly Advent services, like I mentioned. And I am excited to try the family devotional this year from the Daily Grace Co. My daughter's two, but I feel like I feel like we're going to make it happen. <laughs> I feel like we're going to do it this year. And I'm really excited for all of that. That's fun. Yeah, this year I think I'm going to try the candle. So, you know, my kids are at mm-hmm. the age where they can handle the flames, at least two mm-hmm. out of the three. So, yeah. Just have to guard one. <laughs> she but, can color the the, the cards. <laughs> yeah, so the cards are there if if we want to use that too. But we are also going through the family Advent devotional, and I will personally mm-hmm. be going through um, the Emmanuel study from the Daily Grace Co. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really excited about that. Yeah, that'll be super fun. And like we said, we are not trying to poo-poo all the other fun <laughs> Christmas traditions. And you know. <laughs> I think it'd be fun just to share some of the also just like fun, lighthearted stuff that we do. Yeah. Um, so a couple of things that I do every year with my family is my mom has all the grandkids over to decorate gingerbread houses. Aww. And that's always just a fun way to get the family together and mm-hmm. make memories. Um, one thing that my husband and I have done the past maybe three years or so is gone to some kind of Christmas music show. So my birthday is December 20th. So it's right there around Christmas. And a few years back, we decided to go see the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra on my birthday. And it was so amazing. And Ever since then, we decided, yeah, this is a this is a new annual tradition, tradition that yeah. we are going to go to some kind of Christmas music. So we've done the symphony twice, and then last year we actually saw Dave Barnes um, on my birthday, and he did his very Merry Christmas show. I don't know which who that is? Oh, you don't know Dave Barnes? Uh-uh. Oh man, Dave Barnes is a musician. He's also a comedian. He's hilarious, and so I was expecting it to more be just like. Funny. I'm going to laugh. Yeah. I'm going to like be happy with Christmas music. But I cried at this show. <laughs> I did. It was like happy, ugly cry. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But it was beautiful. Um, he did an awesome job. And so that's been a really fun tradition. Um, and we also try to go, you know, see Christmas lights at Callaway Gardens or something mm-hmm. like that with our family, too. Yeah. We do very similar things. Gingerbread um, houses for all the cousins at Grandma's. And Mm -hmm. we also make Jesus a birthday cake. And my kids love this. And we sing happy birthday to Jesus. And it's just on their level of turning their hearts Mm -hmm. to Christ, you know, that it's not about them and the gifts. It's about Mm -hmm. Christ and how he is the greatest gift. So my kids will say that. And they kind of learn that through this birthday cake tradition. Yeah. This is also a great time to kind of introduce your kids to service projects. And so Mm -hmm. this year, my plan is to kind of gather some fellow home educating kiddos and make blessing bags um, just for Mm. people in our community, just a way to teach your kids to be giving this holiday season. And they're just ample opportunities to do that, right? Angel Mm. Tree. Um, There's so many programs with foster kids and supporting foster families. And so, yeah, just trying to be more intentional, especially as your kids are a little older. Obviously, you're not going to take a two-year-old to a soup kitchen. But if your kids are older, I think this is a great time to um, teach them to pour out and serve. And so that's yeah. another little tradition that we kind of want to start this year. And another great reason to be involved in a local church because they're always going to have this kind of stuff going. Yeah. Like I, I forgot about that. But yeah, my my church does the trees mm-hmm. with like the ornaments yep. and you can take one and buy the stuff and they 
kind of adopt several families in need right in our local community. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's a really great way to not only remind our kids about, you know, what it means to serve because we've been served, but Mm -hmm. to remind ourselves of that too. Right. And so, hey, we gave you guys a lot of information. I will link all of these things in our show notes. And just don't forget to check out the Daily Grace Co. Advent Collection. And like Joanna said, if it is sold out, um, have no fear. You can just download the Daily Grace Co. app for free Mm -hmm. and purchase the digital copy. And I believe there are going to be awesome daily teaching videos, right, Joanna? There are daily teaching videos in the app. She does them. So they're great and solid so be sure to check it out if you have a physical copy you should have a code to access that so yeah enjoy those teaching videos and allow that to kind of guide you as well in this season well we hope that you all have a wonderful intentional meaningful advent season this year hopefully this has helped you to get some ideas maybe get some thoughts brewing in your head (laughs) we'd love to hear from you you know send us a message on instagram whether it's to the daily grace co instagram or to mine or stephanie's we'd love to hear from you and hear what your traditions are we love to have new ideas and we just honestly love hearing from you all because you're the best yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right friends i hope that your advent season gets off to a great start and we will talk to you next tuesday 